Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Breakdown. I'm your host, John Hummiston. As always, we're sitting down at the table with the good vicar. <laughs> you dog. I know. I had to bring you it back. You dog. Nick Pierce, oh. a.k.a. Boss Man. Boss Man. That's getting worse. Okay, here's the deal. Um, say it, say I should have texted your wife and asked her like what one of your pet names were, because then I could just start like stacking all of these... Pseudo names, we do pet, no names, pet alien- names. I do not believe that for a she second. She doesn't. I don't get a babe. I don't get a honey. I don't get a sweetie. I nothing. You call her Ash. Like yeah. that would be a pet name to me. Like when I hear you guys interact together, like that's something that. Yeah. I don't go around calling your wife Ash. She she calls me Nick. I I feel like I've heard it. <laughs> Nick. <laughs> you just forget Nick. the last part. It's not even that. It's more like a, hey, you. Hey, you. Hey, can what, you come here, please? Get over here and do something. Oh, can you man. get off your chair? Can you go do something? <laughs> oh, goodness. She's going to listen to this. I'm going to have to hear. She, this is going to be one of those moments. She said last week, she was, I want to call in. I'm trying to get her on the podcast. She doesn't want to be on because she doesn't want to be on the camera. She doesn't want a microphone in front of her. She literally wants to, like, there's a couch on the other side of, yeah, on the other side right there. If you're watching. If you're watching. If you're not watching, you have Just no imagine idea. it. Imagine a couch in there. She just wants to sit there and heckle us. And if anything, just like a buzzer, they'd be like, and that is a lie. Kind of like the presidential debates. Yep. And then the, <laughs> fact, the fact checkers that come on and be like, that oh, is actually wrong. And I would, was like, she, would she come on and sit next to you at the table no. if we didn't put a mic in front of her? No. Okay, interesting. Because she would talk, but she would know nobody could hear her well if she talks without the <laughs> mic. So she would just end up like leaning over, speaking into my mic. Until and it's she like, grabs it and then just kicks it Yeah, well, she would. Good. Yeah. So then I would be on the couch wondering like, what the heck am I doing with my life? Well, if this is your first time to the breakdown, <laughs> welcome. This is how <laughs> this is every how breakdown start. goes. Uh, we break down the message from the previous week. And then at some point, usually at the beginning, and then sometimes throughout, we get on rabbit trails, some good some probably people just go and times two through or fast forward 30 seconds until they get through some, the end. Some people listen to the whole thing and like one and a half God or two times them. speed. Like they, I can't do it. Like somebody's like, oh yeah, I, I think I crank out like two, two and a half speed. You guys sound like chipmunks and I love it. Um, So we have a lady in our church that serves in Cal Kids okay. with my wife. Yep. And so uh, Len and I were talking last night and uh, this lady, I, I won't. I'm glad that she listened, so I won't call her out by name, but said lady. Bring it on. <laughs> said to London, uh, you and I were talking in the foyer, and she goes, I'm just sick of the two of them. And London goes, <laughs> what? And she goes, sorry, you need context. Yeah. Um, I have gone back and re-listened to six messages and six podcasts this week. And I went, <laughs> overachiever. Yeah, if you got that kind of time. I don't know that our wives care to listen to us that much. <laughs> Like, if they had the option, they would be like, no. Yeah, yeah no, it's... But my wife listens. Every my week. wife does not. She does not listen. No. Yeah, because normally I'll come home and she's like, hey, how was the breakdown? And then I have to tell her how long it was. Yep. And she's like, stop it. You know, she's the one that doesn't need to be too long. She'd be a good 30-minute... 30, 45-minute, 30, you know. A good, hard 30... Like a good episode on yep, yep, yep. Netflix or something like that. Like binge okay. watch it, whatever. But we start, you know, scratching the surface of an hour or more. She's like, I just don't have enough time in the day. And I'm just like, don't don't even go <laughs> don't there. Don't even. Don't even. Uh, well, then she's not going to like this episode. Oh, we got some stuff. Well, we have a chat. We have some stuff. I have a challenge. I don't know if this is a good challenge. I'm not even going to say the challenge because I is know. Is it like I one s- of those like you got to eat these wings under 30 minutes? Challenge? Lord, no, no. Have you ever done a food challenge? Yeah. Have you? Yeah, when I was at my previous church for Father's Day, 
We did that a wing challenge. That doesn't count. No, no, but we didn't do like hot wings. We did like the, the like nut. the go to the hospital, you know, like the hot chip challenge. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. we ordered three. Uh, no. Oh, it was. See, I'm not about the spice life. Like I like spicy food, but I'm not about like, hey, I want to, I want to, yeah, n- ain't nobody want that. I was like, here's my man card. I don't ever want it back. If this is what it means <laughs> to be a man, I have no <laughs> I desire. Done. I am done. I'm done. No, but like, you know, hey, eat this massive pizza in 30 minutes. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to lose. I'm going to lose. You're going to lose. You're not a big. Uh, no. Oh. I like to enjoy food. I don't just want to scarf do. it down. Well, you don't have to scarf it down. It's like, yeah, it's the quantity. Okay, it's the pressure of like, don't yeah, enjoy it. Just get it true. down. Where I'm like, no, no, I, I want to enjoy every flavor. Like a wine connoisseur, you know, they'll do the whatever they call Is themselves. Is that what you do with wings at B-Dubs? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, you're that I'm, weirdo. I'm <laughs> wafting the air. Oh, I can I can nice. smell the cheddar in oh. the... It's it's a mess. See, so, this is the rabbit trail. You say challenge, is, and this is where a, I go. Food yeah, challenge. you went because when you said I got challenge. a challenge, that's what I thought of. Do you see food in this? Do room? you remember that show, Man versus Food? Uh, great, great I show. Those. I loved those. Great food. I was always hungry when I watched that show. I also felt sick, even though I wasn't eating. So, <laughs> all right, food challenge. On anyways, the not food challenge. Um, so, if uh, if this is your first time, or uh, you're, we're on episode ten this week of season two. Episode uh, ten. Episode ten. Yep. Last and week I think was it's nine. always key to like if this if you are new, like you plan what we're talking about. But yeah. 90% of the time, I have no idea. I so plan I'm shooting in, from the hip here. Yeah, and this is the this is how uh, Nick and I like to refer to it. Uh, uh <laughs> this is gonna come across Uh-oh. so Bring arrogant. Yeah, let's go. Uh I'm the looks, <laughs> you're the brains. <laughs> and if you're not watching, you would probably be struggling with that. If you jump on YouTube. And you pull up, even just a <laughs> thumbnail, you'd be like, "We've never that's said that." Never been more a truer statement, uh, at least with the looks. So we'll say, like, I usually do most of the talking, the intro, lobbing up the question, and then the rest of the the rest of the time just, is me going, "Mm-hmm." Just pull my string. Yep. Okay. Go. So what about this? <laughs> uh, he's kind of winding down. Let me pull the string a little longer. And what I love about the for me to be impromptu about it, this, you know, again, 90% of the time, other times we'll go back and look something up. But most of the time it's, it's, I have no idea because this isn't something I studied up. And then like, this is just a, my working theology rubber meets the road. This is just internally my heart, my, what I think about when somebody says, Hey, what about this? What about that? Here's my initial thoughts. Yeah. And, and the, and the idea and the heart behind that is, uh, you do your studying for Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. This platform, this medium of the breakdown allows us not to shotgun in an ill-prepared sort of way, but it allows the freedom for the spirit to move more in a shotgun yeah. style. Not that we're not boxing in like you and I, when we preach, we have notes. Yep. We have to get through those notes, but there are things that could be said that don't get said because it's not the time or place yeah. or we need to expound on it. That's, you know, for here. And so it's always yeah, for good. me, it's always fun because I'm usually one that brings like, hey, this stood out to me. Mm-hmm. And so I'm hoping that resonates with other people. But I also know I think and learn very different. And so for you to be able to be like, oh, hey, this is something I thought of or just now. Hey, yeah. let's open the Bible and let's read this and talk yeah. about it. Not that it's in a sense like more content, even though like it is, but it's more the application and the walking it out and like, okay, you said that, what's that look like in real everyday life for you? Or, you know, or why did you say that? Or if you, you know, so that's, that's what I like about it. 
So anyway. So we're going to dive in. Dive um, in. We are diving into Sunday. So it's Tuesday when we record the podcast. Yes. So we're talking two days ago. Two so days ago. as still, of right now, it's Tuesday afternoon. Still still kind of fresh. Still kind of fresh. Um, Sunday's message. And so just a couple things I think it's always helpful. I try to pull a quote, okay. um, you know, just for just to refresh people that have listened to the sermon. And again, if you are new, the sermon is not a preconditioned. Correct. It is in addition to yeah. like it. It's helpful, yes, but it's not a requirement, yeah. you know. Um, and so, uh, you did a, uh, the letter to Philadelphia, which I thought was just a. Uh, I, I'm not even trying to be like I'm being dead serious. Like Sardis last week for me was a heavy rough. one, yep. rough one, right? So for me, Philadelphia, nice, easy Real encouragement. Talk, this one was so much harder than last week. <laughs> See that? I I'll was... take Sardis all day long. <laughs> like I walked away and went, man. Yeah, that was a heavy word. I walked away Sunday going, "I'm a horrible Christian." Well, okay. Well, maybe the the spirit's doing work. Oh, the spirit was definitely <laughs> doing work. Because I was thinking like Sardis, and then next week is Laodicea, which is I know is going to be another heavy that, one. But I was thinking this week was just going to be like, just like the city of brotherly love. Yeah, nice, easy encouragement. Like you know what? I'm not so much of a loser. Good reminders. But Some areas I need to work on, yeah, but nothing just, crazy. Just a little sanding, you know, nope. not even rough edges, just smoothing out. Multiple people, even before they walked out, were like, thanks for that. And I was yeah. like, oh, I, okay, sorry. sorry. I, uh, thank I, the Lord. Yeah, I wasn't expecting it. So, so yeah, I'm excited about whatever is on this so little magical device for called me, your phone. It's my phone. It's notes. That's it's all notes. it is. Okay. Um, for me and some of the people even that I've talked to, uh, this this is I've got bold asterisks. Oh my this is the I'm scared. So Where here's the here's the quote um, or a, a summation of the quote. You and I are the church. Uh, sorry, you yep. and I and the church are an embassy for heaven. Our citizenship is not here, but there. Are we defending and representing well the hope of Christ? Yeah. Which that just made my mind spin. And then you went on to say, I actually think before you said the quote I just read, do not allow your lifestyle to deny the name of Jesus. Your mm. life as a believer should make non-believers question their disbelief in God. That super encouraging. Uh yeah. <laughs> if you're a good, faithful Jesus apprenticing believer who I love that word apprenticing to uh, apprentice Jesus. Okay, That's rabbit good. trail. Side note. Side note. Um so you know I read a book where that came from, the ruthless Elim- elimination of hurry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he John taught, Mark Comer. Yep, John Mark Comer taught. Shout out, buddy. Uh, yeah, because I'm I sure he John, I'm sure he watches the breakdown yeah, every week. So John Mark Comer talks about this whole idea of apprenticing Jesus, not being a Christian and not even necessarily a follower of Jesus, but an apprentice is someone who not only listens, learns, but then does. Yeah, he was trying to define discipleship in a yep. in a, a more modern understanding, very much w- without all the Christianese understanding of discipleship. Yep. So I've tried to to use that same language yeah. when referencing Christian or yeah. because it's just so easy. Like, Oh yeah, I'm a Christian. Mm. I'm apprenticing Jesus. I'm apprenticing Jesus. Yeah. My life is an apprentice to Jesus. And so yeah. that's good. Um, Sorry. so no, no, that, that was just a side note. Um, highly recommend that book. Great book. Go read it. So for me, I really struggled. Your life as a believer should make non-believers question their belief in God, because I wonder how many times my life didn't not only did they not question their disbelief in God? Did I affirm their disbelief in God? Like that is why I want nothing to do with your God or your church or your religion. 
at least from my seat, I've never seen it from a theological issue. It's always from a personal issue of people why they either dis their their disbelief okay. in a yeah, god yeah. or they walk away from the church. It, it's rarely that it's been a theological understanding. It's it it's not an orthodoxy thing. I've seen it to be it's an orthopraxy. It's an orthopraxy thing that I've seen, and that's and I think honestly that's harder. Yeah. Because if yeah. you, if you truly love Jesus, then why is your orthopraxy so far from your orthodoxy? You know, and then then that questions you know is is God really that great? Then be, if our orthopraxy like there's always going to be a gap. Yeah, acknowledge it. There's always going to be a gap, but why is there such uh, massive gaps in some apprentices of Jesus compared to others? Yeah, and. And sometimes the ones with the, the bigger gaps are the loudest. I'm going to be quiet on this one. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and that's where, like, I like to your terminology. I think I even quoted you Sunday, like, the bill of goods that you've been sold. Like, we, we've all ordered on Amazon. <laughs> and we've all been swindled a little mm -hmm. bit you know like i i i'm still old-fashioned brick and mortar i want to put i want to go try the clothes on i want to put the shoes on like to order something online and be like yeah i think it'll fit some it, people have uh, a wish.com view of jesus yeah some people have a bricks and mortar view of yeah jesus. yeah and so the so for me like what we see and then we order and what shows up Pictures look real good. Oh, yeah. Then it shows up, and it's like, this isn't exactly what I was thinking. Like, they really didn't lie. The shirt does not fit me like it does the guy who's 6'5 yeah. and chiseled beyond belief. Yeah, so we're not talking about those that are, like, flat-out catfishing you. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, have you seen, like, where they order an iPhone, and it's the box? <laughs> and there's yes, no iPhone in it. Like, no, you ordered, like, we didn't say read the description. Yeah, the just... phone wasn't included. It's not the catfishing. It's just, like, the... Not quite what I was thinking. It was just a little bit off, yep. and and for some reason, for me, I feel like the ones with the, with the the bigger gaps between an orthopraxy and an orthodoxy, um, are the loudest, yeah. and they, and because of that, um, they they are not only representing Jesus, uh, in an uh, in a not true to context mm -hmm. way, they're also representing us. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the biggest struggles I have. So, like, okay, I'm a pastor. Didn't know if you knew that or not. There you go. <laughs> Thank you for the clarification. <laughs> yeah, just, just always trying to bring clarity. To be unclear is unkind. So, just trying to extend kindness. <laughs> when people, sorry, <laughs> no, good. when people hear I'm a pastor, we run to immediate preconceived ideas. Oh, hold your wallet. He's holier than thou. He's, you know, there's all these things, and then, and then you get into even the uh, uh, prosperity gospel. TV evangelist, name it, claim it, name it, claim it, and and so you have that. Then you can get into other theological camps that I I would say more are heresy than just different theological camps. And it's like all of those represent me. Mm -hmm. And then even if there is, uh, you know, theologically and even in their in their lifestyle for a time, a solid pastor, but then there is a moment of moral failure that that. Um, disqualifies them from ministry i we as pastors i wear the weight of that mm -hmm. oh yeah when when are you going to do that and that what all yep. pastors do and it's like no it, or it's not you, i was hurt by a church therefore you yes. you as the organization of the church are going to hurt me too yeah 
how long or you yeah. know when's it going to be and there like there's always going to be church hurt like there's always going to be a struggle because the church is made up of a bunch of sinful broken people that are redeemed and restored by Christ but we're still in the middle of our sanctification yeah. meaning there still is going to be some areas of gap with us between our orthodoxy orthopraxy and uh, you know what we believe how we live and there's going to be and that's where we need grace to fill that in mm-hmm. but that's not to say um, that all church hurt is inexcusable. Like, mm. like it, we can't just say, oh, well, they're broken people. They're going to mess up. It's not an excuse. There's not yeah. an excuse. There's certain times that it's like, no, that's, you know, because, again, going back to even the, the scriptural definition of a pastor, perfection was never there. Maturity, uh, a certain level of uh, a seasoning as a Christian, you know, there, there were certain qualifications that Paul would write to Timothy and to Titus that, Hey, this is what I would want to see in that. We're not even a young convert where, you know, um, we both were disqualified from being pastors when we were young in our faith. But even if people knew, well, yeah, they're going to be pastors one day, just let them be it now. And it's like, I wasn't ready then, you know, there's, and so understanding those qualifications, perfection was never one of them, but there is a certain level. It's like, as a shepherd, Mm -hmm. as someone who leads people, there is a certain level of what is acceptable. Like I might miss a phone call or a text message. I might, I, I was late to a lunch meeting today. We got held over and staff meeting and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm running to meet with someone and, and they extended grace and said, don't speed. It's fine. It's all right. Where, you know, other people might get really hurt by that. And so there's, there is a certain level of like fill the gap with grace. But then at the other time, sometimes there are, those gaps are too big and that was handled inappropriately yeah. and, and church hurt is real. Yeah. But where are we fighting against that? Not just as the pastor's, we want to fight against causing any of that, but also uh, we as the congregation yeah. and as people are we fighting against that as well. And so having that misrepresentation, not just of an apprentice to apprentice or even the outside world, um, but, you know, even one to the other, yeah. I think is key to not just that we're misrepresenting Jesus, but we're re- misrepresenting what does it mean to apprentice Jesus and follow him, which is hard. Yeah. And it stinks. Because you put, I mean, I remember this in youth group, like seeing kids and who, who were very vibrant and a part of the youth group and then also understanding what they did with the rest of their week. You mm-hmm. know, like that didn't fit. Like that was hard to put in my scope of understanding of Christianity. And it was, and it causes people, again, like you said, not to have a, a it doesn't cause them to question their disbelief in God. It's like it 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 actually affirms more yeah. uh, a disbelief in God. Right, right that that's why right there. Which I think is, it, it's crazy to think, you know, yeah. through that the reality. And that's why it's so important, like the way that we live our lives matter. Mm-hmm. Not only what we say, but how we live our life. Because yeah. I think so many times we walk into the church, um, you know, we walk into church on Sunday morning and it's the you know, if you're married with kids, like I am, um <laughs> whatever you have to do to get the kids ready and easy in the car. like Sunday morning. That's baby. exactly easy right. Like that Sunday song morning. is a bold face lie. Bold face lie. <laughs> Nothing about Sunday morning is easy, yeah. you know, and it's like, but as soon as we pull onto the church parking lot, it's like putting on our happy faces. Mask our on. Ma- yep. Mask is on. Our marriages are great. Our relationships are good. Our finances are good. And it's like, hold on, wait a second. <laughs> There's a massive disconnect yeah. here. Yeah. 
massive disconnect here. And that's where we, even as pastors and leaders, need to be more sensitive to, you know, imagine if we, like, your your prayer Sunday morning coming out of worship and into the hosting time, just, mm. you know, if your life, you just feel like you're hanging on by a thread, like, it was it was very pointed, very, like, hey, this is a, sp- a space to be authentic and real and transparent. We as leaders need to be transparent in that, where maybe the best thing that the Spirit has for us that morning is just a time of prayer meditation on his word not yoga meditation or any of that like christian meditation yeah (laughs) calm down (laughs) namaste Namaste. um but you know uh, sometimes we can get the the tasks in way of of what's really important yeah no we got it we have the cafe it's hopping it's ready to go with coffee and donuts the hub is buzzing We, we got worship to do then i got this sermon and it's like this nice little package like yeah. here's our sunday yeah. morning and this is what we Wrapped always up do you know we really have to be we i think we have to challenge ourselves more and more to be more sensitive to um what if this is not what we need this morning yeah you know like what if what if next week we'll we'll tackle the revelation three but this mm. week we're gonna you know we're gonna rest on mm. and, and the savior in a different way it's an interesting thought from a leadership perspective, yeah. how the church would respond. Like, what so, would happen if... So, the church I went to before here, when I was a youth pastor, there, I could count on probably half a dozen times, I remember, and it wouldn't be every service. We did three services. It would be like a, one specific service that was different. One specific service, he'd be like, I don't think I have a sermon today. He goes, I have a sermon. He goes, it's mediocre. I've read it. You know what I mean? <laughs> but for whatever, just the stirring of his heart from the Lord, it was like... We're, we're just going to pray. And he had some topics to pray about and he would give it encouragement from the word, but it just wasn't that set sermon. Yeah. And then we continued in worship and, and we'd bring pastors and the elders of the church forward. And we were praying and anointing people with oil. We were, you know, interceding. There was, it was just, you know, and it wasn't all the time. You, you We didn't manufacture it. It wasn't like, Hey, is today one of those, is today a prayer service? Like, no, the baseball was, signs across. Y- yeah, the- exactly. If you're not watching, I'm doing baseball signs of like we're trying to code to each other. Like it was we honestly didn't know. And we had to be the elders and the other pastors of the church. We had to be ready to go. Yeah. And if he said, hey, we're going to have him come forward. Like I had to come forward. I, you know, as a young youth pastor, I got like grandmas walking up to me, telling me about their adult kids that are not walking with the Lord. And like yeah. just anything could get thrown at you. And you just had to be ready to pray with people and, and walk through and there'd be many counseling. And some people just wanted to be held and just cry on your shoulder. And yeah. it was just like, oh, that's worship. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's where a little bit, I, I don't know which service I said this, but it's like, I've, y- you will learn, I've learned just as much from my systematic theology as praying with people mm-hmm. and being with broken, hurt, oppressed, the poor, yep. not saying that the word of God is not sufficient. We don't need that. But there, there is a whole nother side of who the Lord is that we will go in a, in a depth that we have never reached if we only hold a Bible study. Yeah, it's like the tangibleness yeah. of it to, to walk through someone who's hurting. Like in your <clears throat> your your language, um, the ministry of presence. Yeah. Like to just be with someone who's mm-hmm. hurting and not to throw scripture at them or Christianese tokenism phrases, yeah. but like just to exist and to trust that when the spirit is leading and mooding, mooding, moving, spirit's not moody, um, moving that, um, that we're, we're sensitive to that yep. 
and we know when to keep our mouth closed yep. as well as when to open our mouth. Yep. And so when the, when the, when the church is supposed to be that, and then we misrepresent that, mm. that's where like, there's nothing more disheartening when, when you are under the weight of life, there's the burdens, there's the pain, there's the, there's the, the moments where you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. You're cr- like, you might not even know that you're crying out to God, but your, your soul, there's something stirring mm-hmm. in you and you're searching for that thing and you are looking for the Lord. There's something very disheartening to have those who are to be apprentices of the Lord that are to be ambassadors as they walk into our embassy, as mm-hmm. I said on Sunday. And it's not that we don't fulfill that, but we absolutely do the opposite mm. and slap against it. Yeah. And it's like, so if if the hurting, the poor, the broken, the the confused, let it be confused with their sexuality, let them be confused with their gender, or, you know, and I want to be respectful to say some of them I don't think are confused. Mm-hmm. This is this is what they believe and this is what yeah. they think, you know, this is where they're at. But if we're not giving any space for anyone in that, like I want somebody struggling with uh do I need to do I need to drink this week? Mm. You know, I want somebody struggling with, do I need to be looking at porn this week? Is that like confused on all kinds of identities that we put? Not just the big, like we talked about before, the big ones we want to highlight. Yeah. Anything like that. Like if Satan doesn't care, whatever you want to put on the throne of your heart to replace Christ, he could care less. Let it be NASCAR, KU basketball, trying to think of all really winning things. Sorry, um, you know, St. Louis Ooh. Cardinals, you know, no matter how not lately. you are, not lately. not lately, like whatever you want to put on the throne of your heart to take the place of Christ. He doesn't care. But when we have uh, people that their heart is going through a sense of a coup, uh, you know what? The thing that was on the throne of my heart is not bringing the purpose, the fulfillment, the the identity. I thought it's all actually bringing more emptiness and brokenness and they're yearning for something. And maybe I'll try this church thing out. And, and again, how many try to see that even before they walk in the door? But, you know, they there's already the preconceived idea. I, I'm not welcome because of what I'm currently walking in and through. And, um, you know, what's hard is when you read the New Testament, that's just not Jesus. Mm. And talking about the ministry of presence, like um, I think of Job and his friends in the midst of that, they just rolled up. And the first thing that they did for seven days was nothing. They just sat with Job in the midst of it and they didn't say anything. Um, and, and I'd have to double check, but I I don't know if Job said anything to them, but we do know they said nothing. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder if they just spent seven days listening to Job, maybe not his words, Mm. But just, just yeah. his emotions. Like, I mean, when you hear somebody weep and cry, like they really don't need to say a whole lot. The reason for their turmoil, yeah, that'll help a little bit in understanding the direction to go and 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 the sense of ministry. But regardless, like a broken heart's a broken heart. Yeah. And if that's a broken heart for that person at that moment, what's it matter? Like, we don't want to look at somebody and be like, oh, you shouldn't be broken about that. Well, they are. They are. Yeah. And and Jesus didn't call us to only uh, reach those who we would say have a valid reason to be brokenhearted. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like almost like we need to um, validate 
your brokenness and say, okay, we can reach you. Mm. But that's not, that's yeah. not faithfulness and ministry because we're not even told that we're going to convert everybody. We're not going to change everybody. The faithfulness for us as apprentices of Jesus is just to be the hands and the feet, the, the changing, the transformation, that's a work of the spirit. Mm -hmm. And so if we already stop and we won't even have the conversation, we won't even sit, you know, in the yuck and the muck with them. Like we've already failed. Yeah. And Satan's just loving it. I think it was, Gandhi, God, I, I don't believe Gandhi was a Christian. I think he was a very wonderful man. He had a great heart for the poor. Um, there's a couple different stories I've heard of why he chose not to be mm -hmm. a Christian, which is really, really sad because, um, and, and honestly, I think it had something to do with the American missions mentality. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't American. Yeah. And, and in that day, at least, we were trying to make everybody westernized and we wouldn't allow people to maintain their culture yeah. and understand a faith in Jesus. And so there was, there was, let's just say there was a struggle there and he chose not to become a Christian. But when you think of how influential Gandhi was to the people in India, like that could have been a Christian nation and Gandhi would have led that. But he said something very interesting about Jesus. And I love this quote. He said, Oh, I love Jesus. I just wish wish the Christians would take them more serious. And that's somebody <laughs> who, you know, so you gotta, you gotta struggle with that a little bit, you know, like, so looking at our lives individually and the open doors of ministry, as we mm -hmm. discussed Sunday, yeah. the open doors of ministry before us individually, before us as, let's just say a life group or a family. Uh, and then as us, as a, as a church, Calvary Chapel, Lake of the Ozarks, or even us as the body of Christ, you know, are are we taking Jesus serious? Mm. That's a that's a real question before us, and and if we are, um, yeah, there's a lot of brokenness in the world. But the greatest thing that we can do is to make sure we are like what Jesus asked and kind of commanded Philadelphia: um, keep my word. Mm -hmm. And do not deny my name, which mm -hmm. means not to live in a way that denies the character of Jesus. And I love, sorry to interrupt. No, 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 interrupt it. Yeah, I go. love the way, that, just that short part of your sermon that mm -hmm. you walked that out. Because I think so many times we, th when we, we hear or think, deny my name, yeah. like, oh, that's someone who's rejecting Jesus holistically. Yeah. Like, they don't want to be a believer. And I was like, oh, man, that changes. Yeah. Like, for you to delineate the difference between not holistically rejecting Jesus. I had a moment and it was not a good one. Yeah. This was not a good bite of steak that I was <laughs> trying to enjoy. This was like, move on, please. You've made the point. Yes. Next, quit, next quit. point. Too much salt in the wound. And I just think, so for us to live in that way where we, we have to know what the character of Jesus is. We look at his word and we can understand that. And even the over commercialized and, uh, manufactured, what would Jesus do? Yeah. Still a great question, though. Should come. We should bring you it know, back. We, we need to know what that is, but the the bigger question is then, then what are we going to do? It's not so much that we don't understand what Jesus would do, right? And it kind of even goes back to a, another statement Sunday. It's, it's not a, the parts of the Bible we don't understand that we need to get tripped up on. Mm. It's the parts of the Bible that we do understand. Yep. You know, it, we do know what Jesus would do. If he was here, we do know who he would reach, who he would be hanging with. It's actually, 
Uh, see if I can even find this. Me and my wife were talking. It's been kind of fun um, watching her process some things that we've been um, seeing and experiencing and then causing us to yeah. reaffirm our stance and our beliefs and our our strategy of ministry and how are we going to respond as a family unit. And I mean, to the point, to be very honest, like many tearful conversations in our house, yeah. watching the Holy Spirit work in us, not just my wife. And, and I said to her this, and I was like, ooh, I got to write this down. If Jesus was on earth today, who would he welcome? Who would he tick off? And who would want to be around him? Oh, I, I think I know the answer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and, so, and so we just simply ask ourselves that same question. All right, if Jesus was here today, on this earth today, knowing the pattern of his life from the New Testament, who would he welcome? Well, he got up. He, the, the, so let's start with the easy one. Who would he tick off? It was the religious elites. It wasn't Rome. It really wasn't the governor, government. I mean, Pilate wanted to let him go. Mm-hmm. If, if the religious elite wouldn't have had their way, Jesus wouldn't have went to the cross. Let that soak in. Yeah. Pilate saw him innocent. Pilate washed his blood from it because he saw Jesus is innocent. The only people that saw Jesus as guilty was the religious elite, yeah. right? So obviously they were ticked off at Jesus, but why were they so ticked off? And again, historians and and skeptics want to say, oh, it's because he was leading a revolution and he was flipping the money changes. And there's, yes, all of that is probably playing into it. But who did he welcome? He welcomed the poor, the oppressed, the sinner, the tax collector, those who were far from, those who were outcasts. Outcasts. Like the religious elite didn't want to be around them. And how could Jesus call himself a rabbi and a person of God and be around them at the same time? Yeah. Like that's what irritated the religious elite about Jesus. And what I love is Jesus didn't care. Yeah. You know, so in the same breath, he is a, he is uh, still being that friend to sinners and at the same time con- condemning those that are attacking him. Mm-hmm. And so who would he welcome? Anyone. I mean, there were, there, I mean, we think about all the people that walked up to Jesus, just a slew of, uh, of the spectrum of where they were coming from. You know, let it be yeah. a Roman centurion that wanted to heal a servant boy. Let it be a woman caught in the act of adultery, uh, blind, the lepers, tax collectors, you know, and and not all of their uh, uh, experiences were the same either. And I, I think about like Matthew and Zacchaeus. Matthew is a tax collector experience and, and has an experience with Jesus and he never goes back to collecting taxes. Mm-hmm. Zacchaeus has this has a similar experience with Jesus and he goes back to collecting taxes, but the manner of who he yeah. was then was changed and transformed. And and even some people that had the same things, like let it be not just tax collectors, but the blind or like Jesus healed in different ways to show that it wasn't even one set way to do it. So we can't even mimic that. Like one, he just says, hey, you can walk. And the other one, he's spitting mud in your eyes. And there's this I'd rather him just you know, tell me. holy loogie of dirt, <laughs> take, right? Take and, up your mat and walk. Just and, go. And I love that, that no matter and that's where some of my statements when we say like, hey, your brokenness is here. And just because my brokenness is different than your brokenness, you're welcome. You're not you're not excluded. And that's because there was just a spectrum of brokenness that uh, that 
approached Jesus, mm-hmm. and he never cast anybody away. I mean, even the ones that ended up, so not like the religious elite, but let it be like that rich young ruler, mm-hmm. you know, he allowed him to walk away. He said, hey, sell all your stuff and follow me. And and the, the young ruler said, yeah, I can't do that. And he walked away. And Jesus had compassion on him. Didn't chase him down. Didn't say, no, I'll lower the bar. But, and so you just have such a spectrum difference, but they were, they were welcomed by Jesus. And then who did he take off? And then who would want to be around them? <laughs> okay, so then... So take the statement, if Jesus were on earth today, who would he welcome, who would he tick off, and who would he want to be around? Now now say it this way, I am on the earth today. Such a time as this. Mm. I am on the earth today. Who would I welcome? Who am I welcoming? Who am I ticking off because of my faith in Jesus? And who wants to be around me? Like that, that, is a practical way to say, am I denying, mm. am I holding fast the name of Jesus? Yeah. Or am I living in a way that denies his character? Because, and, and, and we should live in a way that causes, I wouldn't even say a non-believer to question their disbelief in God. I would even say the nominal believer to question their apathy in Jesus. Mm. You know, and, and again, such a time as this i talked about it nobody gets to pick the year right 85 not not the time not the time i would have picked right and you you railed against yeah somebody somebody came up to me afterwards and they said well you have you have officially been dethroned from the platform that i put you on i said (laughs) i said well that sounds like a work of god right there it sounds like the (laughs) spirit's moving yeah that, that sounds like a good thing what are you apologizing for and he's like 80s music was the best and I said, this is how I know that the spirit still needs to do a work in your life. <laughs> right. And so nobody gets to pick the year. Nobody gets to pick where they were born. You know, we, we get a few choices within our life. But a lot of this, like he determines our boundaries and all of that. Such a time as this, like he has called us to be the church in Western America where and I do it all the time. I covet and I look at other churches and other countries and I think, man, I would love to be that. But he didn't call me to that. Because if he did, I would be there. But he, you're called, here. he called me to be a an apprentice of Jesus in this culture where we don't have the issues that they would have, let's say, in you know all of the countries that I re- read about in my Voice of the Martyr magazine yeah. that I get, and I love reading it, you know, where they have persecution unto death and for certain like and and the struggles of poverty and things that they have there the, that is their fight. And, and God has equipped them and is leading them. But we have our own fight. Mm-hmm. And I can't, in the same way, I can't covet other people's open-door ministry. I can't covet other people's battles and struggles and fights. Because, mm. And to say it this way, I'm probably not strong enough to fight their battle. Oof. They are far more equipped to handle the battle that is before them. But he has equipped me. He's equipped us as the church here in the Western culture of America, I will say, to fight our battle. Yeah. The question isn't, uh, an equ- it's not an equipping, it's not a calling. I fully believe it's an obedience question. 
you've been equipped, you've been called. Are you doing it? Or are, are you running from it? Yes, exactly. Yeah. And so, and, and, and so in the, and how sad is it that in the name of Jesus, we're actually doing the very opposite. Mm. We, we are shunning those he would welcome. We are accepting those that he would tick off and those that would want to be around him don't want to be around us. Yeah. It's, it's something for me. I don't know where it came from or why, like our, you've mentioned this phraseology a little bit, even going all the way back to season one, like your family ministry. We're yeah. not talking about the peer, the Pierce's ministry because you're the lead pastor at Calvary. Yeah. Like your family unit has a ministry within itself. And yeah. so for us, one of the things as the Hummistons that we, we, even with our two and a half year old daughter that, that we're trying to instill um, in small ways is this um, authenticity and transparency. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm a pastor, I'm automatically put on a pedestal. Oh, yeah. His marriage is better than mine. His finances are better than mine. His, I can guarantee you right you, now, you none of those you things, stud. none of, of those course. things are true. And so <clears throat> for me, um, just in a very practical, tangible way, so my wife and I's seventh anniversary was last Sunday. It was Sunday. It was Sunday. Two days ago. Yeah, two days ago. It was It was on Sunday. Makes it sound like it was so long <laughs> yeah, was, ago. Seven years. It was Congrats. seven years. And Thank so, you. thanks, man. Uh, everyone has so highly encouraged us that seven years is the beginning of the hardest year of marriage. I'm like, thanks. That's that's great. Well, you know, the what other seven-year period in Scripture is the tribulation. <laughs> this is the tribulation of the hardest <laughs> marriage. Um, anyway. For us, it's been even... So, I made, like... Everybody does. I mean, it's a very sweet post about my wife. It was, it was um, amazing. I cried. It, I <laughs> good. I'm glad. That was the goal. I'm a jerk. But I even put in the post, it hasn't, I don't remember exactly, it hasn't always been easy or fun. And I've had people ask me, because I've done posts about my girls. I've yeah. done posts about my family. Why would you put that? Like, isn't that almost a slap? And it's like, no, in our culture that wants to personify perfection and we have it all together. Um, what I want to be very clear about is if that's what you are going to assume about my family, mm-hmm. I can't control that. That's yeah. on you. But I want to do anything and everything that I can to be as transparent about what you don't see behind closed doors. Yeah, I've been married seven years. I don't have all the answers. My marriage by no means has mm-hmm. been perfect. Yep. And there's been some really, really, really hard seasons. Um, we walked through some really difficult things early on in our marriage. Uh, we walked through some really difficult things even here recently. Um, and, just that reality of when I walk in the church on Sunday morning, one of the things for me personally trying to guard against is the personification of perfection yeah. of, oh, you must have just had a great week. And like, there's an appropriateness, yeah. but it's like, hey, when someone asked me how your week was, my week wasn't that great, to not say, oh, it was good and lie in the church building. <laughs> Be like, honestly, yeah. I've had better weeks. Yeah. And because that's not the time or place, they're honestly, I don't necessarily think 95% of people, I would freak them out if I was like, my week has been absolute hell. They wouldn't know how to respond to that because they're expecting, oh, it was good. Yeah. You know, and just having that sense of, you know, I feel like uh, one of our family, you know, ministries and the door that has been opened for us is to just be as authentic and transparent about Mm -hmm. our lives and use those moments to reach out of our little world into somebody else's world for yeah. something that's similar. Yeah. You know? Cause like when I do, 
when I, when I lead a wedding and it's one of those where they don't want to write their own vows and they just want kind of like, I have scripted up ones yep. that I use and it's the whole, like not this verbiage, but the richer for poor sickness and health. And, and I talk about opposite spectrums of things. Let it be when I am, I am happy and, and when I am disappointed in mm. you and I always get a giggle and it's like, if From you, the married people yes, in the audience, in the audience who have not it, been happy it, with their spouse. And even when we first like were running through it the night before in rehearsal, they're like, really? And it's like, <laughs> if you can't commit in in the midst of being disappointed and frustrated with each other, mm. you're that's not commitment. Then. Yeah. You know, like my my kids asked me recently, you know, this. Uh, it's, it's been it's been a heavy couple of weeks. It's been a heavy couple of weeks. <laughs> that that happens in life. Shocker to you know <laughs> anybody listening. It's been a heavy couple of weeks for me. Um, and nothing like any one massive thing. It's, it's you a know, lot of yeah. And, and I wouldn't even say death by a thousand cuts. I would just say like oh, wounded by like five good ones. <laughs> That's, that's you know, fair. five stabbings. That's is that death by a thousand cuts. You've been cuts? stabbed five times. Five times. Five times. You're not dying, yeah. but I'm you're bleeding. Dying, but I'm bleeding. We need pressure on the wounds, right? <laughs> And, and one of my kids asked, do you still want to do this? Mm. And I said, you know, some days you step like baseball analogy yeah. and I hate baseball. It's a stupid sport. Sorry. That's why you make analogies on the sports. I know, you hate. Right? <laughs> it's like some days you walk up to the plate and you just, you hit homers and it's fun. Some days you strike out in slow pitch softball. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, some days you hit homers, <laughs> some days you get on base, and some days you strike out. Yeah. Some days you get hit by the ball. And some days you don't even get to play. Yeah, and some days it's like <laughs> you sit in the dugout. But but I still love playing the game. Not mm. every day I'm going to hit a home run. Not every day I'm going to get on base. Some days I'm going to strike out. Some days I'm going to get hit, and it sucks, and I'm going to get frustrated. But at least I'm playing the game. Yeah. This is what I love to do, and I have to understand just like any other, like we like take Michael Jordan, you know, it's an easy stat to Google how many game winning shots that mm. he has taken and made and won the game. The number of game winning shots that he has taken and missed. Mm. Yeah, that's out there, too. Yeah. But at the end of the day, when the game's on the line and there's going to be one shot to take, Michael, do you want to take that? Yes, I do. That doesn't guarantee that he's going to make every one of them. Yeah but I want the ball in my hand when the game's on the line. Like I, I want to wake up every day and I want to go back to home plate mm. and I'm going to swing away. I'm going to swing for the fences. Like I'm, I, I want to be a part of it. Now, if I get on base, great. I'm on base, not a Homer, not as cool. It's just a solid day. Yeah. You know, other days are home runs and you go home and uh, my phrasing is I'm farting rainbows and it's a great, like, you know, and you're excited, you're happy, and like it's almost annoying to my family how loud and joyful I can be. Bouncing off the walls. Yeah, and, and but then when I'm not that, they're like, "What's the matter?" And it's like, it. I just got on base. That's all. Or other days, it's like, struck grand out. slam, baby. Yeah, grand slam. Struck out, and but I still love playing the game. I still love being a part of the church. I still feel like God has a plan for us as a church. I still believe God has a plan for for me as a pastor and, and, and for this season, you know, and I know that this season will eventually come to an end, not my life coming to an end, but I know I won't always be the senior pastor. Sorry if you didn't know that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping, flash. yeah, sorry, I'm not going <laughs> to live forever. Um, so, but I just, Hey, for the, I, I get to play 
Yeah. And just like a pro athlete, you know, your at least you should, if you have a little bit of wisdom, you can't do this forever. Yeah. And so what do you want to do with the, with the season that you get? And some, some people's uh, careers get cut short. Some people get to play a little bit longer. Some people are playing past their prime. <clears throat> Tom Brady, you know, not, I hope <laughs> you're listening. Retired, I hope you're yeah, retired. just retired, you know, Aaron Rodgers. like, <laughs> sorry, I hope you're listening too. Uh, but, and that's okay. But I, I have to understand like, okay, what's my season? What's such a time as this? Yeah. What does the Lord have me here for? And what is my, what's the role? What's the goal? Lean into it. Yeah. I didn't mean to rhyme that, but I like it. Write that down. Somebody write that down. Ah. <laughs> uh, what else you got over there? Tangible question. Oh, because I, I know I know this has come up. Um, Never. So this this might be a little harder if you haven't listened to the message. So you might need to give okay. some some context. All right. Uh, you laid heavy into. Well, here, let's just read it. Yeah. Um, read it, and I'm gonna I'm actually pulling up my notes. Pull up your notes. So Revelation three. Let me find it. Started in verse seven. Start at seven. Yeah. Do you want me to read all of it? Nah, just the part that you're wanting to reference, which I don't know what it is. So I'd help you if you'd tell me more. No, nope. hold on. I'm gonna find it. <laughs> Are we talking about Jesus as a tattoo artist? No, but that was great because I I <laughs> okay. want I want another tattoo. I said I said I used to get asked that question from students a lot. Like, can you have a tattoo you, yep. and still go to heaven? And I always used to tell them no. Well, the joke is I have short sleeve shirt on, so you can see that I have a tattoo. And I fully believe my salvation is secure in Christ. But then when I said it Sunday, I was like, I have long sleeves on. They don't know that they I have a tattoo. <laughs> so I'm going to get a face tattoo as a pastor. Just get a neck one. Just get one okay. right here. Just do a neck one. What, what would I, what would, like, John 316? Regerts. Re <laughs> no regerts. No <laughs> <laughs> Where are you at? Revelation okay, 3. Okay, Revelation what, what 3, here, 8. 8. Um, so... I'll preface this a little bit. I'll okay. read it, and then you fill in any gaps. Let's so, go. So baby. you talked about um, walking through open doors. Open doors. And a, uh, and the way you referenced it, those doors being more evangelistic yeah. in nature. Yeah. Um, so Revelation 3, 8, I know your works. Behold, I have set before you an open door, which no one else is able to shut. I know that you have but little power, and yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Mm, and then he goes on to say, Behold, I will make those in the synagogues of Satan who say that they are Jews and are not, but lie. Behold, I will make them come and bow down before your feet, and they will learn that I have loved you. And then continues on through uh, the end of 13, which picks up where we're going to be on yeah. Sunday. Yeah. Um, the, the tangibleness walking out of of Sunday, because I think there are those out there that's struggling with what if I don't know what my open door is? Oh yeah. Or what if I walked away from my open door? Had that conversation at lunch today. Or what if I closed Ooh. the door? Let's start there first, uh, because I kind of mentioned that I thought I disqualified myself. You know, I, I firmly believe there was a call to ministry when I was 15, 16 years old, going to camp, Polo, Missouri, boom. I can even take you to the tree that I was sitting under, mm. having you know, some quiet time, just praying after, you know, one of the evening services and 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 feeling and hearing that, that call. And then I go into my senior year of high school, which is pretty much a year of hell for me, walked away. Remember, like, because I play guitar and thought I was going to be a rock star and all that. Remember even writing songs saying, like, I lost my religion at 17. Mm. 
you know, like talking about that and, and had that mentality. Oh, God won't give you more than you can handle. And God gave me more than I can handle. And I didn't know the Bible. Yeah. I didn't know what dependency upon the Lord is. And, and then I didn't know the correct understanding of what that phrasing it's a, it's referencing a verse, but the verse that context is totally different. I will not allow you to be tempted beyond your ability, but provide for you a way out, a way of escape. So anyway, um, so that I, I walked away from all of that. And then it was later in my young twenties that I really made my faith my own. And I, I would say that's when I was saved. Mm -hmm. Always knew Jesus, always knew died on the cross for my sins, all of that, but I never made it my own. Like if I could put it in an old context way, I would have been the family. I would have been the guy in Exodus at Passover with a bucket of blood, hyssop branches, Mm. but no blood on my doorpost. I knew the lamb, I knew the blood, I knew the hyssop, I knew what was, I knew all of that, but I never applied the blood. Yeah. And that's how I would describe myself. Yeah. So it wasn't a lack of knowledge, it wasn't an ignorance, it wasn't a, it was, I didn't apply, it, I didn't make my faith my own, yeah. right? It was, I, I inherited it, I learned about it, I knew about it, I never applied it. Um, that's a good analogy that just came to me. I like that. I'll use that again. Let me write that down. Write that down. Let me write that down. And so... Um, and so then I give my life to the Lord. Um, I'm married now with young kids and then we start serving in the church. I thought I disqualified myself forever stepping into full-time ministry. And that was always a struggle. So we made up for it in all the other ways. We just started serving, doing different things. And then, um, we finally kind of got to the point. I, we were volunteer youth leaders. We, I was voluntarily a part of, if not leading a worship team. My wife obviously was a part of the youth ministry. She was teaching a second grade Sunday school class. And then we were doing big church events at the small church we were a part of. Um, and so like one of the things we joked about is in the bulletin, if you saw like three or four events, uh, 90% of them, like we were behind. <laughs> Like we were doing that, you know, like awesome. we just, we were super involved and they were a church and they allowed us to be, yep. and it was great. And, and I remember sitting down and we were talking and me and Ashley really just kind of came to the conclusion, like, this is, this is what we're supposed to be doing with our lives vocationally. Like there's nothing wrong that if you, if you work a, and I hate the term secular job, there is no secular job as a Christian. Yeah. Just call it. There a is, non-church job. Yeah. There, yeah. You just don't work vocationally for a church, but every one of us are in ministry. And so, um, by, Hey, this is really what it is. And so we pressed into it and I went back to school, Bible college, all that. And so, Hey, what happens if I close that door? Understand what the word said. Nobody can close the door that he has mm-hmm. opened. I walked away from it. I didn't walk through it, but I didn't close the door. Yeah. And so if you feel like you've closed your door of ministry from let it be your past or something that you've done, um, that shows a, a lack of faith and the belief and the power of God. Mm. You, you can't close what he has opened to you. Now, you might have to go through a season of repentance and confession and, and a season of maturing so that you can walk through that, but you can't close the door, yeah. right? So... Um, what if I don't know what my open door of ministry is? That's a great question to ask the Lord, you know, because I do believe every one of us has them before us. And what we have to attack is the mentality that it's something inside these walls, Mm. you know? So the conversation I had 
even today, um, we were talking about, hey, what's my open door ministry? And I was walking through from my, not pastoral, but just ministry view, what I would say this person's open door was. And, and they said, well, I just don't want that to be a cop out. <laughs> and I, hmm. I'm going to say this and I'm sorry. Okay. Cause I was mentioning things that this person does outside of the walls of church. Mm-hmm. I'm going to step on some toes right here. You ready? Um, if our only open door of ministry is inside the church, that's the cop out. It's not actually ministry. Yeah. Like, I love that we have a cafe and we have people that serve in there and we serve one another and we give donuts and coffee, that we have a hub team that'll help you take your next step in faith. We have a parking lot team to make sure your kid is not going to get smoked in the parking lot. Really good things. That we have a worship team, really good thing leading in worship, that we have a cow kids. Every area that we have is wonderful and we need that. But, But serving inside the church is the training ground to serve outside Mm -hmm. of the church. Where if we, if we say, if we have the heart to say, oh, well, I serve at the church, you know, I'm a, I'm a part of the cafe team and that's all that we do. That's the cop out. Yeah. Cause whatever team you're on is that's not the least, the last, the lost. Exactly. Exactly. And so, so the open doors of ministry, I believe for us, what it, what is mine, um, serve in the church. If you don't know what your giftings and your talents are, serve in the church and find that. You know, spend a season in Cal Kids. You might see, wow, I really love that. That might be an open door ministry for you. And I can't stand kids. Yeah, exactly. I just happen to love them. Or you'll be like, hey, not my cup of tea. Let me move to this. To the and like, and what what you will find is if you don't know what your open door ministry, you're going to find that in the context of relationships. Mm-hmm. You're not going to find that apart from it. Yeah. You're not going to get this. Hey, this is God. This is your open door. Like, that's just not going to happen. Like, we all want that moment that Paul had where, like, the man from Macedonia appeared to us in a dream and said, hey, how about you come over here and chill with us? That's not going to happen. Like, get over that mentality. Yeah. We we all read these very specific stories that happen, especially in the Old Testament. It's like, I just want to hide myself in a crevice, and I want the presence of God to walk past me. It's like I just want a Moses burning bush. Like, you need to put the bong down, okay? Like, <laughs> stop it. Goodness gracious. Like, <laughs> sorry. You're hiring a kite right now reading scripture, which honestly would be crazy. <laughs> Because the Bible's crazy enough, and I don't think you need to be hallucinating on anything to make it more real. We have to understand the context of that. Sorry. I'm sorry. No, uh, Was that too far? Uh, I don't know. Coming out of your mouth? No, <laughs> it's not. That's, that's right in part right. for... But you know why I... F- you know, so yes, there was, there was this calling, not this crazy audible voice. I just really felt like this is, this is where the Lord has me. But that's not the only thing that ever spoke into it. Mm. And so I, years later, now back to my young 20s, thinking I disqualified myself, I'm, I'm growing. I'm going in a season of maturing and a, a season of being seasoned as a Christian and in my the B. I had the do, now I'm in the B mm-hmm. season of my life before I jump into more do. And you can't skip the B, then it's just a bunch of doo-doo. <laughs> Love that. I loved that. Right? You're just on point today. I know. Thank you. So I'm in a season of being an elder of the church. I remember looking at him and I like, I have the Bible in my office and I remember holding it. And for some reason that Sunday we had Sunday school class and only me and him were there. Nobody else showed up. Slackers, right? I got extra credit. And so <clears throat> that was a joke. 
I remember holding. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Love. Why can't we have that on Sunday morning? Can we have a, a, we'll a laugh, laugh track, track? Just okay. for you. I'll slap you. But I remember holding this Bible, looking at him and saying, I know I need to be in this. I just don't know how. Mm. It's super confusing. And I know I just don't open it up and just start reading and think, okay, that's, you know, that's really hard. I know there's a systematic way. I know there's a proper way to read and understand scripture. Would you help me? And he said, yeah. He said, yeah, I will. Let's start meeting Friday mornings before you go to work. Drive. So I'd have to wake up early. Two kids, young, drive all the way to his house. He lived out in the country because he was a farmer. And we would sit there for like an hour, hour and a half, and just read, pray, talk through scripture. He would challenge me, give me some homework, some reading assignments. He would challenge me just even in quiet time because I had none. Mm -hmm. And he's like, all right, let's start one day a week. I'm like, one day a week? And he's like, you ain't reading the Bible now. You're not going to read it seven straight yeah, days. Yeah, exactly. Like, how about we just shoot for one? And then we went to, and, he, and we got to the point where it's like, all right, four days. We want more days than not. Yeah. And that's an okay spot to be, you know? And so we're walking through that. And it was about nine, because we did that for 18 months. And then I started Bible college. It was about okay. nine months into it. He started saying things like, when you're in ministry, mm. when you're in ministry, Right. And so we all just want that burning bush moment. But what we don't want is being discipled and allowing people that are that have discernment and wisdom that are more mature. Like we as a bunch of young Timothy and Titus's don't want a Paul looking at us saying, hey, this is what I see in you. We just want to be Paul. We just want to be yeah. Paul. I just want to get there. No, we all need a Paul in our life. And the Paul in my life at that time, uh, his name's Brent. I can pull him. I can call him right now. Probably. Um, he probably wouldn't answer. Be like, what does this guy want? No, he wouldn't. <laughs> um, you know, Brent's looking at me and he's saying, hey, when you're in ministry, like he spoke into me what I didn't see in myself. Mm -hmm. And that's, and, and honestly, there was probably three people in that season of my life that were saying things yeah. like that. And so we need, uh, we're, we're going to understand our calling and our open doors of ministry. We're going to understand those in the context of relationships, in the context of being discipled. Mm -hmm. And so when we talk about, well, why is discipleship so important? Point number 153, almost like Jesus knew what he was talking yeah. about. Oh, you're struggling with you don't understand what you're supposed to do with your life. Wow, if there was only people that have lived a little bit longer, that have been walking with Jesus a little bit more, that have given you know, a little bit wisdom, and they've, they've walked through a, a seasoning and a maturing. Yeah, it's like being parents looking at teenagers, and they're like, you don't know what it's like to be me. Like, yeah, I've never been 16 in 2023. But I was 16 once. Yeah, exactly. And and while the world is much different, it's, it's not much that. different. <laughs> yeah. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and the boastful pride of life. Now, just because I didn't have the internet doesn't mean lust didn't exist. Yeah. We just had to work a lot harder <laughs> to fulfill that, right? You had to know a guy to know a guy to know a guy. I had a friend with a dad with a magazine stash. Like, it's not the same. But that's the thing. We need to be in the context of relationships. And that's one of the things why life groups is so important. Mm -hmm. What do people see? I mean, I had to ask that when I felt, so now let's go to a more defining calling. I was in uh, pastoral ministry as a youth pastor. And, and there was just, just stuff going on in my heart, my life. And, and I was feeling like, am I supposed to step into a lead role? So I went to trusted people that didn't just know me as a person in my character, mm -hmm. but they saw me strategically and planning and philosophy of ministry and say, am I lead pastor 
capable? Mm-hmm. Like, do you see this in me? And uh, I, I probably went to four or five before I ever sent a resume to anywhere or even walked that out and and listen to them and listen to wisdom and say, yes, but here's areas you need to grow in. Like my senior pastor said that. Yes. If he, he told me this, this is, a, this is his direct quote. He goes, if you never step in to be a lead pastor, then you're yellow. You're chicken. Mm. And think back to the future. Nobody mm-hmm. calls me chicken. Right. And so he goes, absolutely. He goes, but here are some areas that you need to work on. Like, yeah, you're, I see it in you. Yeah. It's not tomorrow. Here's some areas you need to work on. And when he even came down, uh, he when I got installed, he came up on stage with the rest of the search committee and the board that was here, and they prayed over me, and he anointed me with oil. And I remember him looking at me saying, you are ready for this. Mm. I see this in you. Now, the cool thing is one of the people that I was talking to, they said, I would have told you no six months ago. Really? I would have told you no six months ago. But... I can see that the Lord did a work in this area of your life, and I believe that you are ready. Mm. You know, and those were those are the people that were my references, and for one of them to say I would have said no six months ago, and it's like, well, you're kicked off the top five <laughs> list. Find <laughs> you know? a different one. Yeah, exactly. Whatever. And so, so if you don't know what your open door ministry is, start serving in the church. That's the that's the training ground of yeah. serving and understanding and finding that. I'm. Uh, let's tick off half the people. I'm not a big fan of those spiritual gift tests. If you find fruit in those, amen, yeah. rock on and do that. Some of the things, like I fill those out, and I could fill out a 10 of them, and I'm going to get 10 different answers, yeah. right? Like I look at my gifts, my talents, and my calling, right? I I know I'm not called to be a worship pastor. You're really good on guitar, but your voice. Nobody who has ever legitimately heard me sing has ever felt blessed by the presence of God. I thought I was in heaven. <laughs> Sunday when I was saying it next no. to you, get ready to do hosting. It's horrible, isn't it? It's horrible. Like when I sing, it sounds more like the screams of hell than it is the anthem <laughs> of heaven. Right? They're like, wow, that's, that's what I was going to sound like. That, I want no yeah. part of it. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Lord scripture says, make a joyful noise. Like, and so I could want that all day long. I know I was never going to stand in front of a congregation and lead vocally in worship. That wasn't, that was never going to be on yeah. the radar. And, and it didn't take a whole lot of self-reflection <laughs> looking in the mirror. <laughs> I wasn't really processing heavy with the Lord. Hey, what do you have for me? Like, I just got it. Yeah. That's not my thing, yeah. right? Even when we picked, you know, some people ask me, why do you feel called to Calvary? I said, I don't. <laughs> and then they look at me like I'm crazy because, again, the Christianese specifically. The Lord then, opened this specific. Oh, yeah, the Lord called me here. and da, da, da. He didn't. Okay. This is my story. Only, yeah. This is way of description, not prescription. Just hear me out, okay? The Lord did not call me to Calvary. A pastor search team called me to Calvary. I said yes to it, but the Lord didn't tell me, Nick, Calvary Chapel, Lake of the Ozarks. There it is, buddy, right? Here's some of the things that we walked through. We we knew we wanted a little bit more smaller town. Mm-hmm. We weren't going to be in a big Kansas City or anything yep. like that, right? So we knew it was going to be smaller town. We knew like coastal, like just the culture of life is different on yep. the coast. You know, we're not a surf family or anything like that we didn't like we are, we're midwesterners we understand living in the midwest so we knew we weren't going to go there um my wife wanted 
and I agreed. We, we wanted to be within a day's drive to family. Family is very, very important. And so, and so that even kind of gave us a radius Here's the, yeah. here, right? Um, we wanted a church that we would attend. That was great counsel. We like, oh, if you won't attend, good. if you won't attend the church that you serve why at, you then why it? would you lead it? Mm. Right. And so, um, does, does the worship match what we would, what we would find us to connect us to the Lord? Um, is the preaching the style that we would want? Is there student and kids ministry avenues for our kids? Is this a church we would attend? And so when we start stacking all of that up and it's like, well, we, I, I honestly feel like the Lord was, I've, I've called you to be the lead pastor, right? People saw it in us. They spoke it. We found our open door. And I struggled with it. Okay, Lord, where am I going? Where am I going? Where am I going? Silence. Mm. Doubt. Frustration. Shaking my fist at God. Finally, here's the grace of the Lord. You're asking the wrong stupid question. Yeah. Quit asking, where are you supposed to go? I've already given you everything that you need. It's who I've called you to be. I've called you to be a lead pastor. Where do you want to go? Okay, so to throw it back to what you said earlier. Yeah. Called, equipped. Mm-hmm. I have the blood. I have the hyssop branches. There's the post. I just won't put it on. Yeah. I'm just waiting for the Lord to tell me. Oh, yeah. Just put the blood on the door. Yeah. I know what to do. Yeah. I'm just, but I need the Lord the, to confirm The Lord it. is ready at any time for you to apply the blood. And I, okay, this is prescription, description, not prescription. Yeah. Like you always say, because that's always been... Because I don't want other people to hear my story and it's like, oh, that's how it has to be. No, I'm just yes. describing my story. I'm not prescribing it that this is how it's supposed to be. Because my call in a ministry, um, very, I, yeah. I'm very clear that, but I had a few of those um, moments of doubt, frustration, heartache, because it's like, Lord, I know you've called me into ministry. I want to be faithful. Where do you want me to go? Yep. Nothing. Like... But Lord, I, I, okay, so is there sin in my life? Is, is there repentance I need to do? Like what? Yes, there is. There, well, <laughs> I'm human. That is yes, always yeah, true. Yeah, you know, sure. but it's like you just start walking out those things. Yeah. And I, I have um, I have a very, very dear um, friend that really challenged everything that I was taught kind of growing up in the church. What if the Lord just wants you to go do and he's going to bless it? Like he just wants you to walk out in faith. Mm-hmm. It's not the the specifics of it. It's the fact that you're willing to go do, yep. and whatever that thing is, he will either affirm it mm-hmm. and bless it, or he'll shut it down really quick. Yeah. But you are going to make more of a difference by going and doing, even if you fail miserably, mm-hmm. than by sitting on the sidelines when coach is screaming to get in the game. So good. Because that's—when we talk about open doors of ministry, right— what we have to get out of the head, out of our head, is the idea that it has to be this set ministry thing. Where am I going? What am I doing? It, I believe a ministry calling, an open door ministry, is far more who he has called us to be. Mm. And, and we know in Scripture, and I'm pulling up, yeah. Um, so we're getting ready for the 21 Days of Impact. Mm-hmm. It's going to launch in August. Shameless plug. S- shameless plug. 21 Days of Impact, right? And I pulled this up. Okay, it is going to be up there. And one of the things that we're doing with it is there are 59 one another statements in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. So as we sit right now, 
there are 59 commands given to us of how we should respond to one another. Mm -hmm. Meaning, there are 59 articulated open doors of ministry for every apprentice of Jesus to just walk through, walk through it. So let's just, let's just walk through. Cause I have the, I have the digital. You can, oh, there's a small little glimpse of the digital. It's on the camera right there. So okay. Um, uh, Mark nine fifty. salt is good, but if the salt has lost its saltiness, how will it be made salty again? Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. So if you're not at peace with somebody specifically in the body of Christ, and I would say even outside of the body of Christ, that's your open door of ministry. If you're in turmoil with someone, what's my open door? You need to be at peace with people. Or love, you know, uh, that was a huge one out of the 59. That one's repeated the most. You know, I put in there John 13. You are to love one another. You are to be devoted to one another. You're to honor one another. You're to live in harmony with one another. You need to instruct one another. You need to serve one another. You need to bear each other's burdens. You know, bear one another's burdens. Bear with people. So it's not even you're bearing your burdens. We need to bear with one another in love. We need to be kind to one another. We need to submit to one another. We need to forgive one another. Those are your open doors of ministry. Mm. That's what I think people lose the sight of is where am I going? What am I doing? What's that? No, no, no. As you go, mm. disciple. Yep. But we want to hear, go make disciples. No, it's not what it actually meant in the original Greek. As or you are going. Go and, make disciples here yes. at this time yep. for this. And we'll pay you this amount. Yep. No, no, no. Yep. It's like, no, no, no. As you're going, disciple. As you're going about your everyday normal lives, here are 59 commands of one anothering each other. And again, all of those are done, you know, the whole 21 days of impact on serving is all done in the context of relationships. Mm. So if you're serving the Lord outside of the context of people, you're not serving the Lord. Mm. Now you might be doing a uh, landscaping at the church and you're doing that from a heart of worship, yep. but you're not serving one another. And so our open doors of ministry, we kind of have to reframe that where uh, not who signs our paycheck, not what we do in our downtime and our charity time, stuff like that. Just who are we as people, as we're going about our everyday normal lives, that's our open doors of ministry, right? Now there might be a specific vocational or uh, a set ministry that yeah. is, you know, a college ministry or, you know, I want to be a high school life group leader. Like those are going to be there. But I, I believe for the church as a whole, Jesus is far more interested in the one anothering as we, and what we're talking about with the 21 days of impact. That's, I think, where our open doors of ministry are to be, mm. right? And so uh, what if I don't know what my open door of ministry is? Read the scriptures. Find, I list, uh, sign up for the 21 days of impact, get the booklet, whatever you want, because I know in there I list all 59 statements given in the new Testament of the one anothering and just start check marking while like read it. So when it says, you know, forgive one another, if I, if I looked at you right now and said, Hey, who do you need to forgive? There's probably going to be somebody in your mind, something possibly, maybe not really big. You know, a lot of times we go to really big things, but, or if I say talking about forgiveness, who do you need to seek forgiveness from? Who did you wrong? Did I need to go then? That's probably an easier one. Yeah. <laughs> I need to go be at peace with, cause I'm not at peace. Cause I need forgiveness to be at peace with like that's, those are our open doors of ministry right there. Yeah. Like you start stringing those up, uh, 
time and time again. Now we're walking in dependence of Christ and, and walking in the fullness of the fruit of the Spirit. That's the open door ministry before us. Yeah. And sometimes I think we become very uh, nearsighted. And we think it's just these set ministries and these roles and what's my name tag say that I do at the yeah. church or outside and stuff like that. And it's like, no, 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 it's, it's far more than that because he, he cares about our lifestyle mm. and our lifestyle, our orthopraxy, not denying his name, living in a way that doesn't deny the character of Jesus. The outside of the fruit of the spirit and the beatitudes and the different listings that we have like that, the 59 one another's really helps us live out the character of Jesus with one another yeah you know and so and so we you know what if i i don't know it or what uh what was the other thing what if i closed it and then the first thing that you said that i'm going last you just need to walk through your open door ministry mm. most of us i wouldn't say most of us i know there were some of us that are absolutely we we know what the lord is what he seeks and re, what he requires of me mm-hmm. but for whatever reason we don't want to walk through it you know, and I think I listed out some um, issues, again, by a way of description, not prescription, uh, from the techie stuff. I just want to try to exit out of this. You're going to see me lose my cool right here on the breakdown. Won't that be fun? But I gave some some examples of like, okay, we know what the open door ministry is before us, but we never, we don't want to walk through them because how quickly we doubt him who is faithful, how easily we dismiss him who is powerful or how slowly we obey him who is worthy. Mm. Right? So nothing and no one can shut the open door of ministry that Jesus sets before us, but we can refuse to walk through it. And those are just one, three of the many ways that, or is this apathy and is complacency or I just don't care, Lord. We might not say it like that. But that's the heart of it. Or we're just so distracted, which I think is another just beautiful tool that the enemy has. That It's just so sleek, clean, sly, and just wreaking havoc on us. Satan can't beat us. He'll distract us. Oh, yeah. Easily. You know, and it's like, as long as you don't walk through the open door of ministry, he doesn't care. He doesn't care that you know it. He doesn't even care if you're standing right in front of it. Oh, yeah. Just don't, don't walk, walk through, through it. it. Amen. I don't know if that helps uh, practically, but... No, it's good. Shameless plug to the 21 Days of Impact. Shameless. Shameless. Shameful. Who knows? <laughs> so, well, thanks, man. Thanks for, it's all again, good. sitting down. Did we set a record today? Uh, no. I, don't, we, I don't think so. I don't think we're anywhere good. close to it. They can get off our backs then. They won't. We're just trying to lead how the we Lord is guiding. We can make people happy because I some of them want... Sh- like. Ashley wants short. Yep. And then we've got some that are like, man, if we could be two hours, it'd be awesome. I'm oh, like, yeah. What do you think I have? They're waiting for the day that we break the two-hour mark. I, I told somebody on Sunday. And and I could see that happening with the later parts of Revelation where we got to like, okay, let's really geek out here. I was really hoping we get like to six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah. Chapter six, seven, eight, nine. Like 15, 20 minutes. It was a good <laughs> breakdown. Real quick. <laughs> like real quick, like... The ones that should have been Seven 15 seals, minutes. Seven seals, a fourth of the population dies. Bye, see you next week. 15 minutes. Yeah. Oh, we even, can explain even that Even that away. right there, people would be like, what? What, what is he talking about? <laughs> Half? A fourth of the population? And then Oh, it's the, coming, people. Then the trumpets, another third? It's and coming. And so by the mid part of the rapture, or the mid part of the tribulation, half the population of the world is going to be gone? What? We're getting to the part of what? Revelation that is controversial and most people know about. I know. I'm so I'm excited. excited. I really am, because like... 
again, it's a book of hope and it was always meant to be a book of encouragement. And, and that's where I thought like church in Philly is going to be encouragement. And everybody's walking up like, thanks. I don't have any front teeth this week. And I'm like, now watch next week. The one that ev- we're all going, this is going to be a kick in the teeth. Like yeah, there's it, no hope. Yeah. In this letter, and people are like, oh, that was such a good message, Pastor. <laughs> uh, my heart was so filled and encouraged. Like you weren't yeah. listening. Yeah. Like Laodicea is not an encouraging. Mm, no. Can I say, not. not hopeful? Can I say that? Can I preface that next week is hopeful in all the wrong re- <laughs> ways and reasons? I, yeah. So, like the ones that aren't with. Like, that I was thinking weren't going to be heavy hitting are and the ones that are heavy hitting, I'm trying to figure out like, I, I don't want everybody to walk out like limping, even though God likes us with a limp uh, sermon plug there, mm. you know, but um, I don't want everybody walking out with a limp and be like, what happened to you? Like, I got beat up at church. Like, I went to church this morning. You know, <laughs> got rough. You go home and you like lay on your chair and just look at the ceiling and being like, what am I doing with my life? You know, <laughs> just like questioning all Next of your Next time we're taking decisions. the boat out, I need, I need a, a week of rest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like those stories. Um, uh, some people that have been, have lived through some stuff and they're almost having like some post-traumatic stress disorder. And they're just like sitting in the living room and they're watching TV, except the TV's not even on. <laughs> and the family's just like, are you okay? Be like, yeah, I'm just watching TV. It's not even on. Like that's going to be us after church on Sunday, you know? And people I get, haven't even left. They're just still sitting yeah. in their seats. Like, And that's what, so somebody told me this and I thought this was kind of funny. I was like, you know, after service, and this was way before Revelation, yeah, right? After service, I, I, I try to get out into the foyer. I stand over there by the mission wall and just, hey, I'm there. If anybody wants to come up and talk, challenge, anything, whatever, say hi. And, and I'll get a few. Great message. Da, 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 da. But for the most part, watch me in the foyer. Nobody comes up and talks no. to me. Right? And somebody, board member, said, why would we? Like, why would we do that? Like, you just beat the tar out of us on the pulpit like you are intense and then you walk off the stage and it's like oh, coffee and donuts where are we at how's everybody doing <laughs> like that's I, like walking <laughs> out of an mma fate uh, and losing and going hey man thank you so much that was so good like you're yeah. just walking out like yeah like and and for me it's just i don't know it's i sometimes i don't uh it's not that i don't hear the weight of what i'm saying like it what's neat is i don't think it hits as heavy sometimes but seeing how the Lord is working in other people yeah. like that, what I might not think is going to be very impactful. That's really what somebody else needed to hear. And that's the goal. Yeah. Like I just need to be faithful in what he's given me to say. Now there's other things that's like, I've had the Lord, even as I'm up, up there preaching, like he'll hit me with a thought. And then immediately after that, but that's for you. You can't say that. You can't say that. That's for you. And it's like, but it's so good, please. Which is you great know, from like, a pastoral level. It's yeah. very, uh, it's very confusing when the Lord is speaking to you while you're speaking to other people. It is because it's like, it so is. Well, is that for? That's definitely yeah. for me. That I need to hold that one close yeah. to the chest. And like, I can have. Uh, I, know, I sound like a psycho. I can have those secondary conversations in my head about what I'm already preaching. So on. You're talking to people that aren't there. Hmm. Interesting. You didn't have to say it like that. I'm not talking to people who aren't there. I'm talking to the Lord who is there, my man. Can there anyone else see him? Point. Doesn't mean he's not there. <laughs> say that the Lord is not in the service. One more time, buddy. One more time. That's strike two right there. I'm just We're, saying, if you get up there and you start having call a... In. Somebody <laughs> call on in. Somebody, this Come it, on. You get up on a Sunday morning, you start having a conversation, like, <laughs> Nick's officially lost it. It's... No, I just have to make sure that I don't <laughs> continue the conversation in my head 
and stop the conversation out loud. Because I just, just trail be off. Like. Yeah, I'm just like staring off in the space and was like, he's talking to the Holy Spirit right now, ain't he? Yeah. Let's see how long he goes. And like five minutes. That's the record. Just that's like just a, when you come back. He's like, "Sorry, the Lord and I are having a conversation." Oh my goodness! Because people it's would tr- think you'd lost your mind. Oh, absolutely. But it is true, though. It really is that I'll be saying something, and it's like, and it'll it'll trigger. I'll have a, it, it's weird. It's not like a full conversation. Like I'm hearing voices back and forth. It's almost like I I see. Uh, I don't know, I'm sounding really crazy right now. I I see the whole conversation at once. Like info dump. It's an Bam. info dump. And yep. it's like, I know what I would say. I know it's like all the response, but it's all downloaded at the same time. Yep. And it's like, oh. So usually I go home. That's what I'm processing yeah. when I'm, you know, getting ready for my post-Sunday nap. Nick can't nap because <sighs> he's trying to. Yeah. That's usually what I, I have to process that because if I don't, then I can't sleep. Yeah. And it's like, all right, Lord, let's do this work. Get beat so up I can real take a good nap before I need to college pro- I need life to group. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, we'd be like, "Oh, my psychotic pastor who's having you know conversations, nervous breakdown on stage yeah. it, as he's preaching." Like everybody's going to be watching me next Sunday. And they're going to be like, I w- "Is it happening right now? <laughs> is it?" If is you it? can tell the people like intently watching, you're like, "That's this is I know what's going <laughs> they're, on." They're waiting to see that. Is it happening? Right? Yeah, you should just be like, guys, it's, it if you listen to the breakdown, it's not happening. It's not. If you, I need a sign. I'll just like, I'll just tug the ear. Yeah. I'll be like, I'll it's let you know. Right, like, the Lord, right there it is. <laughs> I'm a messed up. Oh, man. Next week, episode 11, we will break down the letter to, to Laodicea. I'll be very interested to see where that goes. Yeah. And that'll wrap up the seven churches. Yep. So then everything after Laodicea is is future. Yep. Which would, it's going to put us in a different theological camp um, from the understanding and the context of Revelation. You know, we, we don't hold to a preterist or, and, and so what was, what is that, that's what we are getting ready to finish is the letter to the seven churches. And then everything after that is all future context for us as we are looking forward. That's where the prophetic word comes into it. So it's a, it's a big section break. Prophetic, not pathetic. I just want to clarify. Yeah. Not pathetic. Yeah. The Lord is not pathetic. (laughs) It's not the pathetic word. (laughs) It's the prophetic. There's probably a uh, there's a I'm sure there's like a sermon series right there. Is it the prophetic word or the pathetic word? And how many people look at the word pathetically, but they don't look at the <laughs> word pathetically? <laughs> oh, that's actually really you know what good. I mean. It's like whatever. It's a great attention grabber. Oh. We need to think that out. Yeah. But say pathetic word and see what happens in the church. So next week we'll uh, <laughs> we'll continue with episode eleven as we break down the message uh, from Laodicea. But uh, that wraps it up for us today. We'll see you guys next week. Have a great week. You too. Well, I mean, you have a great week, but I was more referring to You You have a great week too, guys. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next week.